What's up, y'all, and welcome back to the Saved and Such Woman segment. We are actually going to do a uh, dang. We're actually going to do a Q and A today. <laughs> Anything you want to say? Do we want to introduce them? Oh, that might be really no. good. What do you think? It's, a see book. Them. it's okay. Well, um, go ahead and let the audience know what y'all name is. I think Speak I got name. it. Can I hear? You? Oh, y'all got mics. Go ahead. My name is Soleil. Oh, My name is Stephanie. Stephanie. I'm at the school where you're. Genoa. Genoa. Okay. Beautiful names. Beautiful names. All right. So, yeah, we're about to start with a QA. They're going to ask us questions and we're going to be able to answer from our perspective. Let's get it, y'all. What are things I need to do to pick up the cross daily? What are things that need to be done in order for you to pick up your cross daily? And follow after him. <sighs> the process of picking up your cross is one, I feel like it's a journey mm-hmm. of dying to self. It's going through the process of sanctification. And as you continue to die to self, you continue to understand it's really not about your your will, your emotions, your mind, your plans, none of those things. But you begin to understand like When you come into this walk, you all have like a default setting of your past experiences, things that made you who you are and things that even trigger you as well. And so as you begin to shed and heal and be transformed, you start to understand that the only truth that there is, is the word of God. And so you start to ground yourself in that in that truth. And it's no longer just about how you feel or your personal experiences. And then picking up your cross daily, it becomes, what am I standing on today? Mm -hmm. It's not about my feelings. It's not about I woke up and I'm over here condemning myself about yesterday. But God says that each and every single morning, my grace and mercy is renewed. And so now every morning I have to ground myself in the truth, in the word of God. I might wake up and I don't feel a certain way, but the word says that we overcome. And the word also tells me that he said, as your soul prospers, so shall you prosper. Now I'm just making up scriptures at this point. But at the end of the day, you literally have the power to command your day. And God's will is for you to be whole. And so I try to focus on grounding myself in the truth and not about how I feel. She always do that and then look at me like I'm supposed to compete with that. But no, picking up my... Um, Picking up your cross daily, like she said, means to just allow your flesh to die daily and allowing God to work on you every day and submit yourself to God every day. Um, I think that submitting yourself to God is almost like love. Like it's, it's something you got to choose every day. Yes. Um, it's, it's something beyond just formal commitment. Like you have to really open yourself, open your heart to God every day and allow God to use you every day. Um, like you say, even in the times where you don't feel like being used, you don't feel like showing up, you don't feel like, you know, submitting yourself, picking up that cross means carrying that, that weight that Jesus carried yes, and allowing girl. yourself to feel heavy even and still carry and still bear it. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a commitment, it's a choice every day, picking up your cross every day. It is definitely a journey because some days you just don't get it mm-hmm. perfect. You don't get it Right. But that's why I love tomorrow. <laughs> no, but like seriously, when I say I love tomorrow, because if I have a crappy day, I literally would tell anybody, I said, baby, it's okay. Joy come in the morning. Yeah. It's going to be me by my bedside. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be all right. And, but, I, and that's, why, that's, why, that's why Jesus carried the cross for us. 
Yeah. And he won't give you more than you can bear. So if you if if you have it, then that means you can carry it. Exactly, because his yoke is light. And yeah. so as you begin to lay down your burdens, the issue is sometimes when we get in that prayer closet and we lay down our burdens, we pick it right back up. But, you know, his word literally commands us. He says yeah. to take every thought captive. Yeah. That means that we're not always in control of the thoughts that come to us, but we do have the power to filter through our thoughts. Yeah. Am I going to allow this one to land? Am I going to allow this one to take up space? Or do I sit there and say, I really would tell my thoughts, okay, whoever sent that, you can send it back to hell where it might have came from. And what thought but, do I actually want to meditate on? And so we have a lot more power than we realize. It's just about perceiving it. That's why yeah. he says, though it spring forth, do you not perceive? Mm -hmm, a lot mm -hmm. of the gospel is not about your own intellectual it's about you perceiving beyond for a deeper revelation and knowledge yeah yeah we can go to the next question <laughs> i'm struggling with letting go of my past what can i do to move forward um i'm someone who 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 likes to reflect so sometimes I get lost in reflection and I think about, you know, my past so deeply. But one of the things that I've learned and I'm still learning is that in reflection, when I'm looking back, and I think I said this before, when I'm looking back, it shows me how far I came. Mm -hmm. And it shows me what I made it through and what I can get through. So when I'm, when I'm looking forward, I can see all that I can get through because I've already gotten through this. So I think that um, with balance, there are pros to looking back and seeing what, how far you've come, but it's about your mindset and it's about your perspective. Are you looking back to harp on the past? Are you looking back to sitting out forgiveness? Are you looking back to, you know, just feel all these negative thoughts? Are you looking back with, with grace? Are you looking back with gratitude and thanking Amen. God for where you came and looking forward to where you're going? So Amen. I think it's about perspective. Change your perspective and you'll look back differently. And you'll look forward differently. I so agree with that. I was going to say, for me, it's about making peace with my past. It's not yeah. about forgetting the past as much as it, as much as it is. Like you said, that self-reflection. Like, I'm a big self. Like, the reason why I make peace with my past is because I sit with myself. Mm -hmm. I have the hard conversations with myself. I am the most honest person on my team. Like, before yeah. you can ever say something or point out something, I didn't probably already told myself, had that conversation with myself. And so I've made peace with the fact that I am flawed. But I'm also growing. And so like mm. you said, when I look back, it's really to just self-reflect on how far I've come. When I like to look back now, it's a reminder that if God brought me through that, he's still a deliverer. He can bring me through this. Yeah. If I'm looking back, it's to be proud of, one, the woman that I, I used to be and the woman that I'm becoming. And a lot of people, they want to disconnect so much from their past. But mm -hmm. it's like that's always a part of you. No matter what you went through, it's all telling a story about where you've been. And so I think about my life as like a beautiful novel. Yeah. And it's just like we're going through the pages. We're going through the different chapters. And each chapter, it taught me something about life, about myself, about the people around me. And so I actually am a person who I look back on my past with fondness. I do. I actually get excited when yeah. I think about the season, even when it was rough. And mm -hmm. I was in that season and it was real dark. But it's like, no, in that place, like... I really carried myself up out of the freaking mud and it taught me, oh, you're resilient. Mm -hmm. So I look at it as like kind of markers to see like, okay, I was here and now I'm here. Mm -hmm. All right, bet where are we going? Yeah. And I like what you said about the novel thing because the good thing about it is when you're looking forward, I think the question asked, how do I get forward, right? 
what yeah. can you do to move the, forward? The, to move forward, trust God. I mean, it sounds easy said it on. It's very cliche. But in all honesty, like... It's about the perception Wholeheartedly again. trust God. Yeah. Like... Perceiving it, when we say trust God, we we oftentimes it's so because it's not the gospel is not something that can be understood intellectually. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you can reason with. It's something that you have to catch in your spirit. And so, as God has been processing me for these last couple of years, I've come to understand His revelation in greater understanding. Something that doesn't like match match my intellect per se but it's a knowing I know God is a deliverer I can read the Bible and I can see all in it that he delivers his people Mm -hmm. but then I can look back on my own life and see that he's still a deliverer today so that Mm -hmm. passage where Mm -hmm. it says God is the same yesterday today Today and and forevermore that actually holds weight for real because he's not changing and so when we're looking in the word and we're seeing all of these things that he's doing now we have to perceive how does that operate in my own life and if God says to forget the things that are behind, and if you're going to look back, look back to see who he is. Mm. Mm. It's, it's this whole process for <laughs> real. But like you said, it's trusting God, but trusting yeah. God beyond the realms of human intellect. It's saying that, yeah, I might be right here, but I know that the God that I serve because I peep patterns about him. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. You, when you recognize the patterns of God over your own life, mm-hmm. you start to begin to like, okay, I've been here before. Cool. I know how God moved. Mm-hmm. Not that he's going to do it the same every single time, but every single time I get low, a pattern that I peeped is God is setting me up for something greater, for mm-hmm. his glory to go forth. So now when I'm low, I praise because I'd be like, oh, something about to come out of this. It's cool. So it's kind of like that. And his promise is that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. You hold on. You the profess. The still being written. You so keep professing those things which God. aren't as though they are until you see the manifestation of that thing. Your words hold so much weight. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I want to stop having sex but can't seem to stop. <laughs> Who wrote it? Who wrote it? <laughs> Who wrote it? And what I was put. Me first. <laughs> I'm over here looking at you like, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, I'm somebody who was actually very hard on myself when it came to the journey of, you know, being abstinent and failing time and time again. You know how many times that I would fall down? I'm like, okay, God, I'm for real this time. We doing it. My heart is real convicted. And then I'd fall. And then I beat myself up. And then I'd allow that to push me further from God and to the point where it's like now I feel like I got to hide myself from him, almost like Eve. I think we talked about this before, but now mm-hmm. I'm the one in the garden hiding like, God, don't look at me. I'm real shameful. But what I realized is when God spoke the word to me, when he first said, Krista, it's time to come up higher. No more sex out of wedlock. He wasn't telling me that for me to go try to stop on my own strength. He was telling me that I am about to bring you to a greater level and dimension where those that sin is going to fall off of you. So for a year and a half, I wrestled trying to work my way into purity instead of trusting the God that who gave me the word was faithful to actually break that sin off of me. Mm-hmm. And so as I ended up going about two years in after falling for two years of trying to get this thing right, I'm finally at a place where I can say I have no desire for anybody to touch me in that way. I have no desire for a man to enter in my womb, which I plan to birth my destiny out of if he's not connected to it. Mm. And that took 
time though. It took me going through the process and the journey of sanctification. So yeah, I was trying to work my way into it. And God is like, you trying to work when it's by my spirit, not by your strength or might. Mm -hmm. So if God says, hey, you're going to stop having sex, don't try to work your way out of trying to stop. I mean, yes, you can try to stop. And if you fall, don't just don't hide yourself. Don't do what I did. If you fall, fall closer. Mm. He is so faithful to break those chains off of your life. Nothing that you go through is something that's permanent, including sex out of wedlock. It might feel like it, but I promise you it's going to reach a point where his spirit is going to do such a mighty work in you that you're not even going to have an appetite for the things you had an appetite for. Mm-hmm. Love you, girl. Huh? <laughs> um, okay. This is the this is the end such part, um, <laughs> and I've had this conversation a couple times with a few different people. But that's why they're all in the back laughing. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm still struggling. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's it's one of those things that I want to do, and it's one of those things that I know I have to do, and it's something that I'm trusting God for because, like she said, it's not by my might or my power, but it's by God's spirit. Because I'm not strong enough. I'm just not. I'm not strong enough, as most people aren't. Um, it's not, it's like, once you start, you just can't stop. But go. God is the God of miracles. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for your transparency and your vulnerability. No, because for real, people don't understand is that it's hard. we heal through our vulnerability. Yeah. So you owning your stuff and you being able to sit here and say, yeah, like I'm still struggling in that area. Mm-hmm. That's you being vulnerable. That opens up space for you to begin to heal yeah. and grow. And mm-hmm. we're also connected through our weaknesses. You know how many people who are going through that as well? Like, I want to really stop. I don't know how. And then there's people who are like, I've journeyed through this and then it finally broke. And we're just all on different levels of our journey. Yeah. But either way, thank you for your vulnerability, girl. That's real brave of you. Thank you. And women aren't able to, or they're ostracized. We're all ostracized for speaking up about our sexuality or like what we do or don't do. And, you know, like we're kind of expected to be able to be celibate or to be able to not have sex. So it's definitely. I used to consider myself low key a sex addict. Low key, no, for real. That's why, I'm, like, me I'm not crazy. having sex anymore was a huge deal. Like, I literally, I celebrated myself. I would throw that me a I party. went, yeah, no, I realized because I, can't, I really don't remember. <laughs> I always also was in relationships, and they know that yeah. my sex drive was very high. Yeah. I want to have sex all the time. So, I literally, when God told me that, I thought it was an impossible task. And I mm-hmm. said, I keep falling. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. Mm-hmm. And then he told me, I'm greater. And I yeah. said, okay, we'll see. And then years later, we see. It's, and I also think it's about your heart posture. Like, a lot of the, God knows that we have a hard time with sin. We were born into it. It's something that we really can't escape. But I think that he really gives you grace when he knows that you're trying. Yeah. Um, And even when you fall short, even when, like you said, even when you, you know, you slip up and you have those times, it's important for you to show God who you are because he sees your heart. Yes. Um. And that's and the so, thing, though. When he's looking at your heart and he knows you're willing, but the yeah. flesh is weak, yeah. God can honor that. Yeah. That's why I said God. Yeah. 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 All right. Next question. It's getting spicy. For real. Hey, oh, How do you feel about celibacy? 
How do you feel about celibacy? I feel like we kind of just touched on that a little yeah, bit. Kind of we want to do it. We trying. She got it. I know. <laughs> and I don't even want to say like I've reached perfection because God forbid I fall like next month or something. God yeah. literally forbid. But celibacy, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a time for, especially as a woman who has been through sexual trauma and yeah. been hypersexual. Yeah. I think it's a time like when I said that womb part. I when I, I'm not lying, like I I used to consider me borderline a sex addict, and I really feel like. I've given myself away in a way where I had to sit down and heal through my womb. It's the place that I birth things through. It's the place where, like, I think about the womb. It just carries life, the ideas, mm. the destiny, everything. So me sitting in my celibacy, I've been healing my womb. And in return, I've been healing my creativity, my energy, my aura, my everything um, I think it's very important that we learn to sit with ourselves outside of the pressure of giving ourselves mm-hmm. to a man because you don't understand like energy is transferable. I literally remember sleeping with a man who was depressed and next thing you know, I'm depressed and I'm trying to figure out why I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm sleeping with a depressed man who I'm help, trying to help him not be depressed. Now I'm depressed, but we don't understand like literally sex is spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very important that we sit with ourselves and we heal our own energetic realm and aura and just get right within. It's crazy because one of uh, one of, a part of my prayer when I pray about celibacy and things like that is asking God for me to be annoyed by men who only want to have sex or who or if that's their motives. So like. Um, like I play about it a lot, but I really do like I ask God to like make me annoyed, like make me not enjoy it, make me not have a good time, like change make make it yeah, change my appetite. And like this week alone, I if that hasn't been and I kinda I'm not gonna say I regret praying it, but you know, when you ask God for something in Jesus' name, he gonna do it. And I'm like, Lord, I don't like nobody. I don't like nobody this week. Like, everybody's irritating me. And I'm like, bro, stop talking to me. Like, for real. Like, I'm just so irritated. And it's what I pray for. And it's it's great to see God working on my behalf and answering my prayers. Because I know he hears me. And I know he's, you know, answering my prayers. But, yeah, I think when it comes to that, definitely uh, ask for what you want and what you need. And be, be prepared for him to do it. Um, another thing is, like you said, um, healing sexual trauma, you can't heal from a situation you're still in. And so if I continue to put myself in those situations and continue to, you know, allow men to just have my body or my heart or whatever for no reason, then I will never heal from, or not never, but, you know, I will slow down my healing process of the things that I went through. Yeah. And so I think that's an important, that might be a second episode. You know, what I love about what you said is I prayed and God answered me, but I really want, and anybody under the sound of my voice, I really just want people to understand that you have a certain level of power and dominion yeah, yeah, here yeah. on this earth. He's not saying that the prayers of the righteous avail of much. 
just because, but we hold the image. Mm -hmm. And so we have the power of God dwelling in our veins. And so a lot of times I test my authority in the realms of the spirit. Um, I was praying in my car at work the other day and I said, God, if you're listening to my prayers, allow a gust of wind to just fly by. And I waited on the Lord. I wasn't like, because one thing I've learned is to wait. And so I literally put my hand out the sunroof and I just kept it there. And the next thing you know, a gush of wind just starts flying by. And so like I test my authority in Mm -hmm. the realms of the spirit Mm -hmm. because I know that my words hold weight and I know the dominion that I have over the nature alone. We're called to subdue the things around Mm -hmm. us. So even the birds, I said, God, one day I was sitting on my bed just like a month ago. I said, if you've given me power over every living thing on this earth, I said, allow the birds to chirp right now. And I'm not making this up. The birds started chirping. Oh, I know. And I literally just dropped to my floor and I'm like, I'm praising, I'm worshiping. Because I'm like, this is real. Like people don't understand how real it is and how much power they actually have. And that's why you have to perceive it. You cannot tap into something that you're ignorant of. My people Mm -hmm. perish due to a lack of knowledge. We got to perceive it and we got to believe it. And then our faith will be activated in that thing. Yeah, yeah. I try God with with the word a lot. That's why it's important to read your Bible. Yeah. Because I like like she said, God, you said this. And so if, if you're listening, if you're doing this, then and it's crazy because God holds his word higher than his name. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we as believers, we actually have a duty to remind God yeah. of his word. Of what he said. God, yeah, like literally he wants you to. He wants to know how much of the word is really in you. Mm-hmm. God and whatever, Deuteronomy 28, you said before me, you set forth blessings and curses. If I uphold this part of the covenant, then this is going to flow. And I'm reminding you all the time of your word. Because you said it, and you said that you're not a man that you shall lie. And I had a lot of men lie. So let me see what you about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know why we say after the prayer in Jesus' name. It's because we're trying to wear it with the word. Yes. We're trying. Girl, you better, you better, you better know something. <laughs> it literally says, if you ask anything in my name and it be in my will, I'll give it to you. So in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh, yes. Okay, you can go to the next question, girl, because I was about to. <laughs> you just woke my spirit up with that. How do I get over a soul tie? How do I get over a soul tie? <laughs> um, soul ties. Okay, how do I get over a soul tie? <laughs> well... Yeah, I'm going to let you go with that one. Okay. Um, How do I get over a soul tie? I think I want to point out that soul ties don't just form through sex. There is emotional soul ties that are formed. And so I think that, I just want to say this first before I dig into it. I think the smartest thing that we can do while we're dating is not, you have to be, this is why sitting alone is so important. I want to be the most healed and content version of myself that when I enter into the dating world and I see something that does not align with me, I don't stick around to try to figure out what it could or could not be. Because that's how... That's how you start to form emotional connections. And that's when you start to see these soul ties that are hard to break. I ain't got time for all that. But anyways, when it comes to (laughs) breaking, I feel like a soul tie. I've had many a soul tie. Well, not many like, oh my God. But when I think about my (laughs) my exes, I think about the one from college. I think about the one right after college. And I think about them too specifically. And in order to break it, I had to stop watering it. 
whatever you water, whatever you feed grows. And so after I think about seeds. The soul tie was formed because there were seeds that were being planted. So the moment that I deprived those seeds, eventually they lessen the hold over me. And another thing that I always recommend people is the power of back to the power of our words. When I was in these relationships, I would say things like, I would never love nobody but you. And, you know, we start making all these decorations mm-hmm. and and eventually you have to realize, like, I used to, um, one thing when I was studying soul ties, it says to denounce yes. all of the decrees yes. that you've made with that person. And so mm-hmm. that's another thing that I do. I denounce all of the commitments that I made through words, all of the legal binding that I've joined myself through, whereas in actions, whatever the case may be. But I also, you distance time and prayer and fasting. fasting. Yep. Them chains going to break, baby. And once mm-hmm. they break, I'm good off you. You don't even know my my I'm good off you game once I'm over you. It's so good. Let that soul tie break, baby. You non-existent. <laughs> um next question then. Oh, he said, okay. <laughs> you answered it. She answered it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and what? Oh. Okay, guys, we're going to come back for a part two. See you guys.